Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. God bless you, and welcome to Reaching Out Radio International, where we are reaching out to be the body of Christ, sharing the gospel into the world. It is our hope that our programs draw you closer onto God, that you may know the love of Jesus Christ, be saved, delivered, and set free. Hallelujah. I am your host and founder of Reaching Out Radio International, Evangelist Montel Fields, and I am so excited and consider it an honor and privilege to have an amazing, talented man of God with me tonight, Reverend Benjamin Blankenship, also known in the music industry as Ben Jam. And I have had the privilege of getting to record one of his songs, Jesus, I Love You, and it happens to be one of my son's favorite. He always is saying, Mommy, play your song. So let's welcome him on tonight, and we're going to talk about his journey in ministry work as an amazing author, musician, songwriter. The list is actually in the list. God has really been good to him. So welcome on tonight. It is such an honor and privilege to have you on with us tonight. Well, I'm, I'm the one who feels blessed to be here, but thank you so much. Yeah, I was, um, it's been an eventful week. I had pastored a church for seven and a half years um, here from uh, 2015, uh, January of 2015 to July of 2022. It was really hard on me uh, stepping down. I was, I was having a breakdown and everything. I was, I was going at it as hard as I could. It wasn't growing all that um, I'll tell you what, though. So in, in the midst of, of all of that, and it, pastoring is harder than, you know, I can even possibly explain, especially when you're trying to go and get it and, and you're just giving 110%, you know, all the time, burning your candle at both ends. Um, because I was faithful to being there. There was this lady, and she um, she was getting down in her health. And she said sometimes she just felt like stopping going to church, but because she liked me so much. She wanted to go down there because, you know, she's like, you know, we need to support the church. Ben's crying so hard and and everything. And her husband, who wasn't saved at that time, he started going down to that church with her. Um, He was he had to, like, take her and help her. And so he was sitting through and, you know, prospectively at the time and during my sermons. Well, he decided that he liked me and he gave his heart to the Lord and is living for God and everything now. And I want you to know that that makes it worth it all to me. His name is Gary Jenkins, by the way. Uh, it, you know, that one soul that, that I know of got saved during that seven and a half years, I mean, of, of full throttle. Because quite frankly, I mean, how, how much would you give for one soul to be saved? You know, Jesus gave it all. Jesus left streets of gold for streets of mud and came down here to die for us like you were the only one like I was the only one like the person listening was the only one um I was uh so I was on that show and uh the person that was the host he was talking and he said you know because we matter that much I said you know what I said really and truly that you know I I think that that's uh that's a weird way of, of looking at it, you know, because there's nothing that I could bring to the table to be worthy of him. It's be, it says more about his character, what Christ did for me, than it says about mine. He saw Amen. me. He saw you. He saw this. He saw people in a ditch that needed him to reach down and to pull them out. And I mean, and that's that's really what it's all about in ministry. You know, we were talking about the songs that that I wrote. And I've written them all for the glory of God. When I was 18 years old, my uncle had passed away. His name was Terry Smith. And 
he was this great songwriter, musician, singer. You know, they won the Battle of the Bands in Toledo, Ohio, and uh, what was it, like 1972 or, or something like that. Um, his band at that time, it was a rock and roll band, it was called The Mods, you know, like a mod haircut. That's like what the early Beatles had. Um, and uh, they won that, and they went down to this place, Peck Studios, uh, you know, made a record. It was, you know, one song on each side, a single. And um, those those records, they're selling for, like, crazy money now because, like, garage bands are hip and cool or, or whatever, especially in, like, the U.K., um, but yeah, they're they're selling like wild uh, vinyl records have come back. I've even seen some gospel groups. Uh, I know Ernie Hawson's Signature Sound have vinyl, but that's uh, that's kind of the hip thing, you know. Now that you have vinyl, uh, I can't even listen to my CDs in my car. Uh, I got a new car. My my Volkswagen Turbo Beetle threw a rod. I loved it too. Um, it it, co- it cost a lot to keep up, but um, you know now I'm driving a Toyota Corolla that uh, I don't even have to stick the key in the ignition. It just knows it's in my pocket. And, and I, you know, I listen to um, to music through YouTube and what have you. But I have a record player. I've got some, some vinyl records, a lot of good gospel records and all that, the Statler Brothers and, and, uh, and whatnot from, from back in the day. I've, I've went and I've hunted them down and everything. But I said to the Lord when my uncle had died and, and passed away this guy that had did all this stuff always tried to make it in rock and roll and what have you i said if you give me that gift i will use it for you and i don't really have any mild stories that, that i can think of in my life hardly at all um it was like fire that the holy ghost came down in that room in my grandma's house and i began to start writing well i mean i wrote like the first verse or, or something um the song that i was writing um, oh gee, what what was it? Um, one less day away, uh, and that was about my uncle uh, dying. It's about somebody dying that you love, and I started writing that song, and I mean it just it just came off so good, and then it left, and you know so I'm like trying to fake it. Well, you can tell when somebody's like faking it, <laughs> and uh, it it wasn't as smooth. So that song took me about what seven or nine years to actually finish to the point that it was finished and came out. There have been a couple like that that they they kind of sit on the scrap heap because they're they're not what they need to be and then they get tweaked and worked on and and what have you so i mean that song is out there one less day away uh benjamin um that you can listen to and and what have you but but yeah i mean i wrote them for the glory of god anybody that wants to get out there and do them you know go out there and do them you know you just give credit you know radio stations or whatever i you know i get nickels and dimes off spotify or, or whatnot I'm i'm not looking to to make money off of people that are trying to minister um, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's just really not where I'm at. And um, the gospel music world can be funny, the Southern gospel particularly, um, because you have people in it, some that say that they're ministers and some that say that they're entertainers and some people that know that people are passionately doing things for God and they're, they're kind of like they're hiding in the high grass to, uh, to, to rob you blind, um, you know, with with stuff that that just doesn't uh, doesn't do it. But we we had traveled a lot and played at different churches, and um, and what have you. Met some wonderful people, you know. Really kicked up our game going to different studios and 
and all all kinds of things like that. You just become connected with different individuals through other individuals, and you know. And, and while I can say things about like pay to play venues and all that that are in like the negative, um, they feel nice because you you're kind of meeting up with old friends and all that. But it, you know, you'll have people say it's singers singing to singers or. Or, or, or whatever, but it kind of does refresh you. You know, I had met people at those things that had connected me to other people, um, you know, and so there's there's some things, some doors that had opened up through uh, through a bit of that. My, uh, my dear friend, Jason Brown, he died years ago when I was pastoring, and he, I mean, he was just amazing, and he had invited uh, or had introduced me to Joel Rose. Joel Rose is up in uh, southern Ohio, I believe around Ironton, and he uh, he runs a studio out of his house, and he does outstanding, like so outstanding that he's he's on like Sirius XM radio and and all that. He mixes things really well, so I mean we've we've recorded some things with him, some of our more solid stuff like the later Ben Jam albums that you listen to. That's Joel Rose that did that earlier on it was Gary McVeigh. Gary McVeigh was fast as greased lightning and he used to be up in um in Sevierville, uh, Tennessee. Had a house like kind of way back in the boonies and all up there. And it was really cool because he he knew everybody and their cousin. And, you know, I'm like, you know, here we are and you know, we're we're Southern gospel even though a lot of my stuff and, and not everything's just screaming and shouting around the church Thing, but a lot of stuff is more on the Pentecostal end. I've, I'm I'm like sixth generation Church of God, and um, you know I'm like we we don't have like that Southern gospel sound so much because you, yeah you'll have some harmonies, but we never even have like a bass singer. And I said it would be so cool if we could get a bass singer. And so he said to me, he said, would you like to get Eric Bennett? And um, you know I, I and it, I was just like wow. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Eric Bennett is uh, singing bass on a number of our uh, last songs. Anytime that you hear a bass singer singing on any of it, that that is Eric Bennett, a triumphant quartet for anybody that's that's listening, thinking I know that name or I don't know that name. Who is that? He is the bass singer for Triumphant Quartet, and uh, so you know, like a a bigger time Southern gospel group. That lives around that area. Um, he he really loves the Lord, has a heart for him. His family's all in ministry, and you know, and they they pastor and, and all all kinds of things up there. But super super nice guy. Um, and I was just thrilled to uh, to have him in, involved with that, and just so many others. You and and so many other people with with a heart for the Lord. Um, Denise Denise Nicole uh, Dittman, you know Brian James Hatton, the Alan Reed Band. Um, you know, Kathy uh, is is a friend of mine that was in uh, Crossover. I really loved Crossover, and they um, they were a Christian rock band that I had met that were really sincere about their love for God, and they uh, they did a song uh, of mine. You know, I was aggravated one day at church, you know, before church, and I'm writing the song in the parking lot because it just kind of comes to me. It flows out of me like water, and I thought, I wonder if they would want to record this, and it's like, yeah, we'll do it. So I mean it's it's nice. Um, I'm I'm kind of uh, I don't like to start things and not finish them, and that's that's probably why I've got over a hundred songs out, like over twenty books out. Uh, I've just published my first full length comic book that has nothing to do with 
with ministry. It's a, it's a Zorro comic uh, pr- predominantly. Um, so it's like it's like Old West, and he's getting bad guys and, and everything like that. Um, but you know, yeah, lot, lots of stuff. Um, all, I'm all in that artistic thing. Um, novels, novellas, you know, fiction books, nonfiction, ministerial books, comic books. I work professionally as a graphic artist. And, and have for well over a decade. I've worked for big name places and and what have you, you know. But I mean, that's just not the focus of my life, though. It's always been ministry. Uh, I've did those types of things while I've been pastoring churches. I've did all kinds of things like that while I've been evangelizing and and different kinds of things. You know, I just want to let the light light of Jesus Christ shine through my life and people see that and um there there have been some things that have went well not like you know I, I don't know if it's like to write home about well but you know when um when the Lord lifts us up I believe that it's so we can bring glory to his name um and be his hands and feet so you know I mean when we 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 I've never known what it was like not to pay tithes. I'll just say that you know we're we're givers. We give. Um, you know you, you you get a little weary about it sometimes. You know there's some people that like run up to you in parking lots or 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 whatever. But I mean when the Holy Spirit tells you to give to something, you know some individual ministry or or whatnot, you do it and. Um, and I just try to be faithful, and I think that that's all that any of us can do. And I think that the best thing that any of us can do is to be where God wants us, when he wants us there, in the season that he wants us there, uh, what, whatever thing that might be. Because I know that our life has different seasons, just like I had pastored a church when I was 20 to 21 years old, just like I pastored a church that was what. 2001 through 2002. I was born in 81, by the way. If it's, if if you're or anybody's trying to do the math, um, you know, pastored the the church from 2015 to 2022, and you know, um, I mean, here here I am now. Uh, it's just you know, I'm I've not stopped. Uh, I've had I've had hit walls. I've had doors slam in my face. I've had unfortunate things happen, but that's. That's why Jesus Christ tells us in Scripture to be faithful. He wouldn't say that if it was easy. Um, it's easy to lay down and quit, and there will be things that will happen to make you lay down and make you quit. And, and quite honestly, you know, the best way that the devil has ever fought the church was to join it. You know, there are people in the American church um, because it's it's kind of like a you're not gonna you're not gonna get martyred for being in the church in America. So there's people that feel at ease to be insincere, not not true Christians, not truly walking after Jesus Christ, not putting their life on the line, um, and come to church. And maybe they're on a deacon board, or maybe they're this thing, or maybe the and, and maybe they're getting a salary, or whatever. So I mean, you have that kind of thing. Um, going on i uh, i honestly suspect that there's a lot more real christians in like the church in china than there is in the united states because if they hear that you're a christian you die i mean basically i mean that's the way that it goes there's places like that where your life is in mortal jeopardy um if you're a christian uh, there are people that i know out in pakistan 
and um, the population there is 98% Muslim. And, you know, and I will say that I think that not every Muslim, like, wants to necessarily decapitate somebody that's a Christian, but I, I also think that where you're at kind of defines the culture, and I think that it's a mob mentality, and I think that the very strict um, – and, and the, the people that would, like, strap a bomb to their self or go in and cut somebody up with a machete, I think that they're running rampant in the Middle East and countries like that um, way way more than here, or, or I would suspect as much. You know, there's there's just more of them, just like there's more people in, in New York City than there, there are in, like, Knoxville, Tennessee. But I, I suspect that that is uh, – is the case. I just want to glorify the Lord and I just want to do what he would what he would have me do. Um it feels weird when you when you've pastored for seven and a half years and you're like sitting down and taking a break. I've preached out like a few times here and there and, and yonder. I went down to Steve Warren's church. I, I don't know if you know who that is. He's a gospel music singer and a preacher, just a very anointed fire, fiery guy. He's out in um, where is he out in? He's out in Baxter, Tennessee. That's right by Cookville. I've preached out there. You know, um, hung hung out with Ken Peters, a fan, fantastic guy. He moved down here to East Tennessee to start a church under the leading of the Lord. He had been in Washington State. He's the man that started um, the church at Planned Parenthood like literally where they would have church outside of the abortion clinic and hence the abortion clinic at Planned Parenthood um, that it, that initially met with the intention to exterminate black people and Margaret Sanger went to the ladies of the Ku Klux Klan meetings, by the way. <laughs> that That's that's their history. Um, you know, it, it talks about it in biographies about her and everything, but people are oblivious to what, what history is or what's going on down the street and and you know, and yet they think they know what's going on in Ukraine or Israel or, or what have you. It's, it's amazing that we live in a day where there's so much information and where people don't know history or what's going on in the world around them, um, uh, let alone close. But um, but yeah, they uh, they did that. There was um, there was an abortion clinic that got bombed. Nobody was in it. They I I don't think they typically are. I think people that blow them up typically do it when no one's in it, which would be far lesser charges, but it's it's major. You know, it's per, it's prison time. Um, and uh, Ken Peters, how hardcore people uh, apparently think that he is, knowing that he's such a pro-life advocate. Uh, the police go and knock on his door over it. He, obviously, he didn't do it or have anything to do with it, but uh, they go knocking on his door because they heard that that was uh, – that was there. He's he's a bold man of God, and he uh, he holds to his guns, and he doesn't. He's a messenger that doesn't compromise the message. And there's a lot of people that do. Um, one of the uh, one of the Kardashian girls, and I mean, I pray for Jerusalem because the Bible. It, there's only one city in Scripture that it tells us to pray for and that we'll be blessed, and it's not Detroit. Uh, you know, it's it's not some other place. It's Jerusalem. Um, and, and Jerusalem isn't just a place, you know, you, where you think, hey, the Jews, you know, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it says that's where he's going to set up his throne, you know, so you're grafted into the vine, uh, which, which is, you know, Abraham, the, the father of all that, that believe, like a wild olive branch, the Bible tells you. So, I mean, I, I pray for them. Um, 
you know, people act like the Holocaust didn't happen. Um, it, it, I I believe the Bible, but I know history too, and, and the Bible only confirms, you know, how gullible people are. Um, during the Nazis' the Third Reich and everything, they said that Jews are lice and they spread typhus. Now, you might say, well, who would be stupid enough to believe it? But, I mean, look at the world going around. People people bought all the lies. Um, you know, there's lies going on perpetuated in the media. There's truth being suppressed heavily in, in the media uh, about stuff. I mean, there's there's just a distortion on, on so much stuff that's, that's going on. People need to have their hearts and their minds focused on Jesus Christ uh, in, instead of plugging into a TV station that's owned by one of the five people that owns almost every other TV station, you know, um, Disney. Uh, they, they own so much right now, you know, ABC and, and Fox and on and on and on and on. Um, that, I mean, there's been antitrust you know, issues going on. They have so much control over media, but that's the way with a lot of it. You can, you could Google it or, or whatever, you know, and see how much a Viacom owns and, and what have you. So you're not really getting like, you know, a hundred different sources. You're hearing from like three different people that are spreading the same message through their talking heads over all of this stuff instead of sitting and reading the word that's actually true this only agenda is to save your soul and have a relationship with you. Um, you know, I, I don't even watch normal television anymore. Um, we uh, we're going down to a church. I mean, Victoria, are, where they've they've got a fast uh, coming up where they're calling for people not to uh, not to watch TV. And I mean, I don't want to talk about fasts and all that I go on, but that's not weird for me. I don't think woe woe is me. I'm I am a I'm a hardcore, like, champion faster, like an athlete or something, you know. Um, I don't bat an eye at it. I'm super bullheaded. That probably helps with it. But I think what did Jesus Christ endure for me, and it gives me the strength to go on. It's like not that I'm not eating uh, because I'm not hungry. It's like this is as unto the Lord, and it means something, and I just dig my heels into the ground. And have the glory, hallelujah, I shall not be moved kind of attitude. And I feel like that's the way that every one of us needs to press on in our lives for God. I, I know that that was long. Go ahead. No, actually, I think you're doing a great job. And um, you can tell your professional and the spirit leads you in it. So it's um, it's really refreshing to talk to someone that is so humble. And truly understands it's not about us or our glory, it's about his glory. Because without the hunger and desire to do things for him, for his glory, we become full of self. And I've even talked to you before when we was working, um, let me use the one of your songs you wrote. And you were so kind about that. When when you're speaking that out, you're telling the truth. You've always been about, that's what it's out there for, to minister. It's not just someone saying something I know that I can testify to the truth in that you really are humble and loving man of God that lets people use your songs for God's glory and that's pretty amazing and when I was looking just at your small bio it's like wow God does he get time to rest in between any of the things that he's doing because (laughs) because it's amazing (laughs) yeah but the thing that's amazing 
when you have that hunger and fire for God, he can keep you going and he gives you strength and you get excited in seeing what he's going to do. And something else that really hit my heart, and it's something I've told people in doing Reaching Out Radio International, some people used to be, one of the God, things God put on my heart was don't focus on numbers. If you even just reach one and teach one, one can be saved and the angels in heaven will rejoice. You don't want to focus on numbers. That's one thing God put in my heart. If you just reach one, and when I go to the map and I see the new places we've reached, and that's exciting to me because some of the places, you know, it might be the only chance to get to hear the gospel. I might not be able to tra- travel physically, but through what God called me to, he can use it to reach people in places I may never see in my life. And it's exciting to me that one day when we get up in heaven, you know, there's ones we don't even know we reach, just like with you and all the work that you've done. It's exciting to me to think about one day possibly getting to meet them and, you know, them sharing with us, hey, because of your song I heard, or maybe even with you, a message you preached, or sometime in the radio when I shared a message, it led him to the Lord. And there's so many things that God has us to do we don't actually get to see right now the harvest for it, but I believe we will in eternity. And I can appreciate your humbleness because I, and my hosts don't ask me that no more, because if you get focused on that, to me, you're not doing it for the right reason. God will bless your work and the things he has you do for sure. But I believe it's like you staying humble and wanting things to be done for God's glory, not self. That's huge. And the thing is, absolutely huge. Well, you like I've been paying attention to everything you're saying, and even one of the things I like, I love to I like different genres of music. I've had different type of artists on here that in ministry, and one of the you learn in life too. People that are anointed and appointed and doing it for God's glory, and then you have people that just have a self spirit and want to be in the light, and it's not about God's light; it's about them shining. And those are the type of people I pray for. But I don't want to follow or associate with that because I want the songs to minister to me, to lead me into his presence. And I want the right spirit and attitude to be behind it. That's really important for me, like in songwriters and artists. And God bless you and all of that. And I would like to um, share one of your songs and give us a a little break here. But um, I think the first song I'm going to share is I Hear You Are a Christian. I wanted you to share a little bit about that with us. Ooh, okay. Um, I am a guy that I want to feel something when I hear songs. I I like tearjerker songs. You know, before I met my wife, all the love songs I liked were sad. (laughs) But, but, you know, so uh, a a tearjerker song, it's usually, you know, it's a somebody dying type song or whatnot. Well, I had written several of those. Um, People were going to heaven uh, in them. And, you know, and I think about the ministry of Jesus, which is something that we absolutely cannot improve on. He did it perfect. Um, in Jesus' ministry, he talked about hell twice as much as he talked about heaven to warn people that it is a very real place, a very real thing that he was trying to save them from. Now, I don't serve the Lord the way that I do because I'm afraid of going to hell. I do it because I love him. And, and have an intimate Amen. walk with him. But at the same time, I don't ignore the reality that there is an eternal burning hell there where, I mean, um, C.S. Lewis, I, I love him. He's he's an author, a very famous author. C.S. Lewis had said it like this in, in one of his Christian writings. 
he said that there's two kinds of people. There's people that say, Lord, thy will be done. And there's people that will stand before the Lord and the Lord will say to them, thy will be done as he casts them off into hell because they didn't want any part of him. And that's what they had worked their entire life heading towards. Oh, that's so in, in the song, in the song, so I hear you're a Christian. Um, and, and honestly, I do know a few preachers that have like a few, I emphasize, that have like did full on altar calls at funerals and, and everything like that. But, um, this is a song where somebody, the preacher, just over the top preaches this person into heaven, and the person that, from whose perspective is singing it. By the way, this is Gary McVeigh that's that's singing the song. But the person in the narrative who's singing it actually knows the guy, and it's like they were talking about somebody else. And the line it is in it is, "I never knew you were a Christian till they laid you in the ground." In other words, and as it goes into vivid detail. They're not. They're in hell. Even though somebody's trying to say a bunch of sunshiny words, they didn't have a real walk with Jesus Christ. You know. And when you were talking about how God will use people that aren't even in the right, uh, I could not agree more. You know, God will. God can work through us in spite of ourselves and not because of ourselves. Jesus said that there will be people one day that will stand before the throne of God and they will say, "I had, I had um, did all these great things in your name. I had cast out devils in your name." You never hear God denying that they had done these things and that they had cast out devils in his name. But why did they do it? There's people that use the name of Jesus Christ to try and make themselves famous, that they use the name of Jesus Christ to try and build a name for themselves. I don't care about my name. I care about his name. He's the one that Amen. matters. Uh, I, I mean, that's, 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 just really, that's just really it. Um, when you're up leading worship, I mean, you you well know, you know that there's there's people that it's it's look at me, you know. If when you're up leading worship, if you're not causing them to see Jesus Christ, if you're not causing them to look to the Lord, then you're not doing it right. Um, it's not it's not about looking at me. It's not about you know the way I'm playing the drums or or whatever. My my wife actually sings and leads worship down where we're going. It's about directing people before the Lord. And uh, Satan's problem was, was just that, that he, he was a diva, uh, that, that, you know, he, he went out there like he's Lady Gaga or something, which, which is probably insulting to him because I would say he was way, he's way more charismatic than anybody than there has ever been that's walked the earth, uh, Lucifer uh, was and, and, and is. You know, I'm certain he's a better vocalist. I'm certain he has better stage presence and all this, but here's the thing. He's not God, and it's not about him. It's about God, and he tried to make it about himself. Go ahead. I love that. I never thought of it that way before. That's pretty good. I'm going to have to remember that. That's really good. And, you know, it's so refreshing how you share the truth that way because so many people are scared to share the truth. They're worried about offending people. They're they're more worried about <laughs> The more I worried about the people being in the seats or how much they're going to make instead of sharing the truth so people will be saved from hell. You brought up something recently. I had a conversation, and it brought me to tears with um, my pastor's wife's mother, and we were just talking about God and our testimonies, and she shared something so deep, and, like, it's going to almost bring me to tears again because this song, what you just said, you don't know they're saved until they're in the in the uh, ground, but – she was telling me for years, she taught Sunday school, 
she she was like in a chap like chaplain ministry. Her and her husband was in the military, going place to place. And because someone made her believe just from saying a prayer, something that she spoke out, it wasn't a matter of the heart that she was saved. And she told me she did this and did this for years. And then she said one day her friend came to her and she said, um, you know, I've really realized something. She said, God really revealed to me, I'm truly not saved after all these years thinking I am. And she said, it's just like she had conviction through the Holy Spirit. And she said, you know what? Neither am I. And she said she truly, after 40 years of being in ministry and various things, truly realized until that moment when she gave her life with her heart to the Lord that she wasn't that she wasn't saved. And she said she had to go before the huge church she was at, the classes she was teaching. She said at first, she's like, I just want to receive him at home. I don't want to make this public. And God told her, no, it needs to be public. And she went before her church, before her friends, her family, and everybody, and said, look, all this time I thought I was saved. I was doing things for the wrong reason. It wasn't about a relationship. And, like, she told the truth about that, and I respected her so much. That takes some courage to do that. But she was more about letting people. It sure does. And I, I cried when she told me her testimony because, you know, even sharing that with me, she wasn't worried about me judging her or anything else. She was just sharing. That's what we were talking about. So many people, sadly, truly think they're saved, and they've been led in false doctrine. They've been led by the wrong kind of spirits. They truly don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and they think it's their works that's going to get them into heaven, and it's not. They truly have to understand salvation. So, like the things you're touching based on, I'm in agreement so much with you, and you, you're very talented, too. God has blessed you to speak. You can tell that you've been a pastor, and that's a compliment, but you can tell that you are you do have humility in things. And even in, like, listening to your songs and stuff, the lyrics are deep. And I've listened to some of your songs. I was listening to them today, and they do bring they, – they do move you in the spirit. And I was blessed and touched today when I was listening to your song. Um, it was talking about a mother's love. And, I mean, I was weeping, and my little three-year-old son said, Mommy, why is your eyes so wet? Are you okay? And it's like, I'm okay, baby. But I'm trying to teach him about when things move you in the spirit or a song speaks to your heart because, to me, that's why I love to sing. And um, God has blessed me to write lyrics to one song, and I love poetry. And then my friend plays guitar, and we did one song together. But that's my heart's desire. I pray all the time, God, just use me and worship how how you want to use me. I don't want them to see me. I want them to see you and see, do you hit it, the truth right there? Because that's what it's about. They're not supposed to see us. We're supposed to lead him into, or them into his presence. And it's supposed to be about people being healed, delivered, set free, because that can happen in the worship service within itself, you know, going into God's presence, because when we seek him, we'll find him. And I'm just blessed in you sharing those things tonight. And you know, sharing the truth so many other people don't want to share because it needs to be heard in this world that we live in. And I have friends that are in Pakistan and people that live in India and parts of Africa, and they have such a hunger for God. And I've been blessed to minister through Skype, various things in other countries. And what you said, so many people take for granted here in the USA, but we have freedom to religion. I've seen friends of mine over in other countries where there's been bombs set out before their churches, people that's lost their life 
but they continue to put their life on the line every day to serve the Lord. And I'm so glad you shared about that because we take so many things for granted. And, you know, how many of us would be willing to truly do that, you know, as a child of God, as a follower of Christ? And I respect and appreciate you sharing those things tonight. And it really, to me, builds momentum, too, for your song. And I, I want to go on and share that. And, again, it's called So I Hear You Are a Christian. And I thank you for sharing how, you know, this the song came about. And it's cool how God just moves and floods a song into your spirit like that, and you bring it to life. So let's take a listen now, and I know it will bless you. And I thank you again for being on Reaching Out Radio tonight, brother. God bless you. God bless you.
truth right there and people uh, to get a chance go back later and listen again really listen to the lyrics to that song or even check him out um, on some of the platforms where he has his music for sale and to listen to but that song really says a lot right there and some people may not quite understand that but that's really why I want people to listen to the lyrics that song that's so much and I um, thank you for choosing that one to share with us tonight I want to share that with my friend I was talking about um, I really want her to hear that because that's some powerful truth right there well you know you had told me you had said hey go ahead and, and send me some songs of yours and I thought I've written so many and they've kind of got different tones and different messages you know one's over in this place and one's over in that place I think that salvation is, is huge um, and uh, so yeah. I thought, well, let me go ahead and uh, send you that. And then I know that you have While There's Still Time Later, which is really the song that um, brought me and my wife together. Um, she had heard of me and, um, you know, just somebody had said, you know, he's not even like anybody else. And, and he's, you know, he's letting the Lord lead him. And I was up testifying at something that we were out singing at and some preacher's daughter had mentioned me to Victoria and wow he's this he's this songwriter or whatever and so she knew of me like from all these years before and a friend of mine uh, she had put herself out there on kind of a social media like dating site and a friend of mine who loves the Lord he had uh, reached out to her and he was um, 
he was interested in her. Well, he, you know, he got to to talk to her on Facebook and all that, and he kind of just like introduced us to like, hey, that's that's my friend Ben, and you know, he's into music too. And I mean, I wasn't looking for anybody at the time. Honestly, my heart was so broken. I, you know, so many people were just like a disappointment going out with, and people would tell me God's got somebody really special for you, and you put yourself right out there, and it's like they don't see what's right in front of them. And, you know, after a while, when people be saying God's got somebody really special for you, you think, boy, he sure is taking his time and all that. But that, there she was, Victoria. So she had said to me, and we had talked like a, a couple times, just super casual. She would said to me that, hey, I've written um, some of the song, and maybe God's put you into my life to help me write it. Well, I mean, y- you know, it's. It's okay. Um, I I know how much he's blessed me. I mean, I you know I know it's. Um, I I feel it when I write songs. Uh, I I can feel the Lord in in the room. And I was like, all right. And um, so I sat down and I wrote some of it. And I thought, I'm not going to sit down and write all of this because if she doesn't like it, it's going to make me too mad. Uh, yeah, artist objective. Um, and uh, she said, "I don't just like it; I love it." And it's like, okay, then I'll write the the rest. And then she uh, she added a bridge as well to that. So that that's how that song came to be. And our first like meeting, like together, you know, hanging out. Uh, she said, "You know, if you want to come down here, and you know, I've got a drum kit in in the basement of my house." And if you want to come down here, you know, I have a keyboard, and we can kind of run through that. And I'm just not shy at all. I don't have a shy bone in my body. Now, when I first used to get up to preach because it was awkward, I would get all flushed-faced and everything. I mean, I would go home crying and praying that God would help, you know, God, you've called me to do this, you know, help me to get up and to, and to do a good job. And I went into the nursing homes and all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's there's a big long story in and of itself about all of that evangelizing and whatnot. But I mean, the Lord did things in my life. I've been up thousands of times. I've been up in front of thousands of people. I I just don't. You get over it. You get over being being nervous or whatever. I was at this one church service where I knew that the devil was attacking me because I started kind of feeling weird. And I'm like, you know what? No, this this doesn't happen. This just isn't me. I just went to praying in tongues, <laughs> and uh, you know, bam, um, right, right away, I, you know, devils, devils got out of there, shook it off, felt a, felt a lot better. The Apostle Paul talked about praying in the spirit uh, always. That's that's different. I was actually talking about that on a on a, another podcast. That's totally different than getting up, speaking in tongues, and having somebody in, interpret. You know, it's, it's for your own edification and and what have you. Uh, but yeah, I was I was under attack, and then there there we were. It's like I'm not gonna allow this to happen. This door is gonna shut right now, and um, you know. But but yeah, I uh, I love the Lord. I I love what all He's done in my life, and what a blessing He's been. And I just want to bless Him. I would love to know that I make Him smile. Um, that I that I make him happy. Certainly, I've broken his heart enough times, as, as I'm sure we all have done. You know, I mean, we we did bad when we knew that it was bad, um, and and we justify it. But um, I just want to bring glory and honor to his name because I really do love him, and I really do have 
you know, that kind of a deep walk with him. And it it is about that. It is about having true intimacy with God, you know. And by that, I mean spending alone time with God, you know, like, like you would, you know, just, you know, whoever, your your friend. I, um, I was talking to somebody a while ago, you know, I see in the Bible that different individuals that they talk to God in ways that might not seem kosher uh, when you look at, at Lot or not Lot, when you look at Abraham, um, you know, talking to God in a debate with God. And when you look at Job and the way that he was talking to God and all of that, and I was saying to this person a, a little while back, I said, here's the thing with God. God can handle it when you're mad. God can handle it when you're sad. You don't need to talk to him like you're uh, applying for a job somewhere. If you have a real relationship with him, you know, just, just like you would your spouse, you know, you know, like, can you believe what happened to me today? And, and all, I mean, you don't necessarily get up and you know and talk that way if you were to uh, trying to get a job somewhere or what have you. But God can deal with all of those things. What God doesn't deal with is fake. Um, God doesn't want somebody to put on for him. He sincerely wants you to be real with him. Um, he's he's very real, but I I love him. I'm I mean he's he's just everything to me. The Lord is. I've known him ever since I've been a little boy. Uh, certainly, I've staggered and I've stumbled in life, but I mean I've I've always had this big walk with God. Um, it is uh, it is what it is. I, I ran from ministry when I was called at the age of seven and didn't confess it till my 14th birthday. And, you know, I, I've hated that. I've grieved over that and thought how many souls could have been saved if I was doing what I should be doing. What would have happened? What would have happened? What would have happened? But, you know, we've got to put those things behind us and we've got to press forward and not live our life looking in the rearview mirror. Amen. And I was, uh, earlier when I was reading your bio, pretty amazing that you were called at the age of seven. And, you know, so many people want to underestimate how God can even use children, but they have the purest, you know, of hearts. And I love to watch my little grandson in church. He loves to worship. He's, he knows I love to worship and he's learned, he's only a year old, but he'll put his hands up and, you know, he, uh, he knows all about he feels that when we're worshiping, and it's just so important to truly just, he's to be our first love. Nothing else is to be above him, and it would be so great in life, and, you know, I, I'm not against anybody going to a, a sports game or, you know, doing anything, but I think it would be so amazing if people would make the effort to go to church or spend time with God like they do to do other things, like so many people like to stick God in their pocket, and then when they need him, they pull him out, and that's the only time they know him. Then they shove him back in, and it's supposed to be an everyday walk. It's a relationship, and so many people get the image, you know, they see God as, oh, if I don't do this or do that or this, this, and this. I do have a fear and a reverence for God but it, because I want to please God, and I want to hear job well done my good and faithful servant but i know no matter what i go through we lost our home and our animals back in may to a fire and we had to start a whole new be like a whole new beginning and we're renting right now and that's different after owning your own home 
but in the yeah. midst of all that, I've got to see I've got to see the strength in my marriage. I've got to see who's really there for me when I'm down in my life. I've got to see how God's carried me, protected me. You know, you, for a while I would have that. I won't lie because I'm not going to be a hypocrite. But for the longest, you know, for a while it was hard, especially losing my pets because they were part of my family. But God started getting me thinking, like, as I was praying, because you do grieve loss. And um, But one of the things that God started really working on me with in the midst of everything was to quit focusing on what I had lost and really look at what he'd blessed me in in the situation. To begin with, even having the house for the four years we had it, for removing us from the house right before the refrigerator ignited and caught the whole kitchen and house on fire, um, you know, just a few more minutes time, you know, he, he spared our lives. He saved us. And, you know, he showed me how even when you have little of nothing, God is faithful. You cannot give God. And um, I weep, but it's tears of joy because that's why I love the Lord so much because he's so faithful. And when you truly see and you say, here, God, here's my life. Here's every situation. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you lost, no matter what you face, when you have a relationship with him, you truly know he's there for you. He never leaves you or forsakes you. Mm-hmm. And I've just learned that our our trials, our future testimonies, and they're building blocks to where God is taking us to. And he just gave me a whole new way and perspective to look at things. And I've always prayed that for God to keep me humble, even in doing the radio or just in anything that he has me to do, sharing music, um, preaching to people, everything. I've always stayed humble. And another thing God teaches me, and it's so important, is to love others. No matter, I've had people that I've spoke with, became friends with, you know, you were talking about Muslims earlier, and some of the friends that I have are like some of the kindest people that's ever been in my life, and then I've seen people that, you know, turn and be saved, and they share the gospel all over where they live that, but you got to have an open mind to love people, and God lets us discern spirits, and I'm a Church of God girl, I've grown up, and that's my heart, Pentecostal, and uh, the spirit, and one of the things, too, that you shared on earlier, and it's so important, when we're going through a trial or through attack, praying in our spirit language, because the, the enemy can't interpret that, and that's a powerful thing between us and God, like, that's a personal time, and that's one of the things that's kept me in the midst of trials, and that's something I'm not ashamed to, you know, to talk about. It's all biblical. I would love you to be on some time to talk about something like that because you are very great at teaching and teaching. And um, I think that's something so important for people to really understand. It is biblical. And I know in my life, I feel it's different when I take time to do that and just say, hey, you know what, Satan, not today. I'm the daughter of the Most High King, and I shut myself in, and that's what I do. I, I pray in the Spirit. And my situations change, and my attitude changes, and I really think that would be a great to have you on sometime, pray about it, and if you feel led, I would love to have you to teach on that because so many people that truly do. great. But um, there, there, I want to go ahead and – There are people that okay. have resources in the body of Christ that, that they don't even access, and I mean and, – and we need to do that. Um, I talked to somebody before about how uh, how I got into deliverance ministry and everything. I mean, I had a spirit of heaviness 
um, and a spirit of rejection on me. And, you, you know, you hear about people casting out a Jezebel spirit or, or whatever all, all the time, which that's its own thing. That's that's actually like a, a denotation. It's, it's not just – it's like a title um, of, of like what it does. But that's that's why it's, it's not like Jezebel's over here, Jezebel's over here, and Jezebel's over here. It's it's just it's borrowed from that person's name. Um, but you don't hear too often people talk about a spirit of rejection. Uh, you don't hear people talk about a spirit of heaviness that often. But they're they're very real things. It's not just being rejected. There's there's a demonic uh, demonic thing that's entwined with a lot of that. And um, we need to be receptive and we need to be open to the truth and put on the full armor of God and combat that. And, and one of the best things that the devil can do is attack us and us not even know that we're being attacked. Make us think it's other people. Make us think that it's anything but him. You know, we read in the Bible how the people are dying and how they're suffering because they, they have a lack of knowledge that, that people perish because of that. And, I mean, we need to grow in the word of the Lord. Uh, if if this was if this was a school <laughs> and if this was a test, how how many, how well would most Christians be doing? You know, I and and I'm I'm one of these people. I it, I have too many people that say it would be amazing if I was on one of those Bible trivia shows because I mean it 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 would be game on. You know, if if I especially if I had several people that I can think of on my team, <laughs> but uh, it it would it would be something because um. I just don't like to give wrong answers, and I really immerse myself in the Word. And, and just really quick, because I, I want to have you to have time to do what you what you need to do here on the show. Um, you were talking about how you wish that people wouldn't put God in their pocket, and you have no problem with them doing this thing or that thing. People choose what they love. That's that's really what it is. People choose what they love. If there was a movie that I really wanted to go and see, if there was a television show or a concert or a ball game or some kind of a convention or a book that I wanted to read or whatever, you better believe that I would do it because I want to do it because I value that thing. And that's that's the problem, and, 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 and really that goes into idolatry at some point. When you value something else more than God, I mean, there's something wrong. There's nothing wrong necessarily with having some kind of little indulgence or or whatever. Um, I've I've been on, um, you know, all these like diet things and everything. In fact, right now I I am too. It's kind of I'll be on one and then I won't, and then I'll pack on several pounds, <laughs> and then I'll, then I'll be on one. You know, we'll. Uh, <laughs> We're going to be on a cruise here at the end of the month, so I ain't going to be on a diet during that. But I'm I'm trying to uh, trying to drop a little bit of pounds because of all of the Christmas time, you know, eating and uh, and stuff going on. But you know, um, like the Shibboleth diet, that's that's a a diet that these Christian people actually made. And I was telling somebody about that that wasn't a Christian, and they said I don't want anything to do with you know some kind of Christian thing. You know they were they were very you know openly pagan. Um, and when I say that, you know all witchy and everything. And I said, look, I said here's my thing. You know because this wasn't me trying to preach to them or anything. It was me trying to help them. I said I like results. I like to do things that work. It absolutely works. I did it. I can tell you that it works. So if you want something that works, I'm telling you something that does. And if you want to do it, do it. And if you don't, you know, you do you and I'll do me. But, um, I mean, 
That's, that's all I'm saying. People choose what they love. That's really a great way to put it. And uh, he's supposed to be our first love for sure, for sure. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with going out and doing things, you know, that we love. And But like you said, not putting it before God and it becoming idols in our life. That's very, very important. I love I love talking with you. <laughs> um, you have God has given you great wisdom, but the humility I I really can appreciate and respect that. Um, my life scripture is John three thirty, and I ask God every day, you know, let me decrease that He increases, and that's really important in our life. And that's truly why I believe God has blessed you so much because your heart is in the right place. When you first wanted to start writing songs, when you was talking about your uncle. You you ask him, and that's what I do all the time, too. I play by ear some, but I know that I feel like in God's timing, I know it's all down in there, and I love, I can write lyrics, and I can play some by ear, but I just feel like my season will come in that, and until then, I'm just, I'm letting God lead me in what he wants me to do in that, and I push and I do the work, but I never want to go before God because his timing is perfect, and I never want to be his self, so... I want to take time, too, to listen to your other song, which you was already sharing with us about that. Um, but you have so many great ones. I'm going to listen to some more tonight. And I'm wanting to use some more of them, too. I'm wanting to do some new songs um, this year. That's really on my heart. But um, we're going to go ahead and play your other song, Why There Is Still Time. And he, you were sharing about that earlier. But um, let's give this a play, and I know it will bless you. And then we'll come back, and we'll get ready to close out and share more things. Um, before we do, because I do want you to talk about some of your books and where people can, you know, get your songs, your books, and all of those things. But let's go ahead and show the song by Reverend Benjamin Blankenship, While There Is Still Time. Thirsty. 
beautiful song and one of the one of the lines in there really really makes you think and it's talking about time um, being a luxury because so many people think they have all the time in this world or a lot even the younger generation even people in their middle ages think hey you know what I can live my life how I want I have time to receive you know Jesus Christ but we really truly don't know when God's going to say, hey, it's your time, and it's so important. And I love how it talks about his grace and how he's still giving us time. You know, a lot of people, we do see signs of time unfolding, and, you know, with all the different wars and some of the things you've even touched base with tonight, and I truly believe we are getting closer to those days, but I also know that in the word itself, teaches us too about you know even though when we see you know the signs of time and various things it doesn't mean that it's right at that time so many people want to put fear in people and not teach them in the right way but that that there says so much because there's people if you look in obituaries every day or you know I don't like to watch tv much myself I have a few old sitcoms I like to watch I grew up you know in the 80s era and watching shows my grandma and grandpa and different ones used to watch but i'm just not much about tv today because there's so much there's so much evil on television and um but you but you do see in the news like locally there was just not too long ago we had a whole group of college students that had had a head-on collision down in southern illinois and they lost their life there's been people that have been in car accidents their children lost their life i had my best friend I've known since second grade, she didn't even know she was sick. And she went to the hospital and she wound up spending the last three months of her hospital in the hospital. Um, she wound up passing away with cancer. She didn't even know she had. So it's so important for us to be sharing the gospel, to be sharing the truth, not to sugarcoat the truth, love people enough to tell them the truth and let them know, you know, you know, we really don't have a promise of tomorrow. And, the gift that God gives us every day of life, we should thank him for because life's a beautiful gift. And we should thank our father for that because it's his breath in our lungs. And like your songs are so deep and I could go on and on about them. I'm not just saying that like to talk things up, but they minister to me in my spirit. You can tell that the spirit led you in the lyrics and like, it's really deep. You get, I like to take time to listen to songs and they will minister to you. And that one, like that really got me in my heart. That song has a lot of truth in it. I appreciate that. Thank, thank you so much. And, and what you're saying, the time is a luxury thing. I'll, I'll tell Victoria to so the chorus that was my wife. She was the chorus in the bridge, so she she wrote that particular line in it. And and I I had the more story, you know, elements, you know, so very long ago before there was time and. And, you know, a whisper was carried on the wind and, and so on and so forth about sin coming into the world. Um, you said you wanted to talk about books. And, you know, a book that I was particularly thinking about because I've, I've written a lot um, that flows well with this um, is uh, it's everywhere. Uh, it's on Amazon.com. It's on Barnes & Noble. It's on Books A Million. 
it's probably on eBay and all that. Um, I'll tell you probably just about the cheapest way, like if, if you read digital books that you can get it. Um, they've got the uh, Amazon Kindle for 99 cents, not even a dollar, 99 cents. It's called, I wrote it with, uh, co-wrote it with two other ministers, Eve Cook and uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Alan Smith. And the name of it is Well Done. And there's a question mark after that because, that's, you know, have I done well? Well done, question mark. And then you put a space, growing in the things of God, um, because that that's really a thing that we need to do is ask ourselves, you know, am I doing well? You know, because that that's what the what the Bible says about the people that are let in. You know, am I doing well? Um, you know, we need to assess ourselves, which would be good for us to judge ourselves, because then we won't have to be judged. Um, but uh, I wrote the uh, first five chapters of that book and then there's eight in it eve uh wrote chapter number six she's a wonderful person by the way great spirit as is alan smith and he's collabed with me on another book as well he wrote chapters seven and eight um not terribly long it's just about a hundred pages with everything that's that's in it uh what 80 uh 89 uh chapter pages total um so the first chapter is about being a member in the body of Christ, um, and, you know, I talk about what that means, and, um, you know, you say you're it, – it, there's, there's, there's a lot to it. I, I, it's hard, hard to even break it down without us going away over time. Um, the second chapter is about how we're supposed to go from the milk of the word to the meat of the word, which that means like the simplistic, rudimentary things like salvation and being baptized and – and, and you know, the the easy, like the baby Christian, I'm just getting with it. You know, I've not got into all of these deep things uh, yet, stuff from going to the milk of the word, which is harder to digest, um, uh, to discipleship, because that's really what it's about is in ministry, we need to be discipling people. That's what Christ has, has called us to do, which is training people, you know, training people to, to win souls. So, I mean, say that you've got like a ministry in your church, you're like a teacher. Um, are these people that are under you, do they have the capacity? And and I I could go into as, as somebody that's been in leadership and pastoring and, and, and how it, it just, it pains me because, you know, um, you're not going to, you can say everything right and somebody still won't receive it. Uh, you, you see that in the life of Christ, but I mean, you, you have to try, um, you know, they need to have the capacity to go out and to win people to the Lord. Most people that come to church, which we're supposed to assemble ourselves together, uh, even the more so as that great day of his coming approaches, uh, because iron does sharpen iron, we're supposed to come to church to have it stir us up and to help us and to build us up to go out there and to do ministry in the world, not just to, like, sit idly by and, you know, no, no – it's like you're an undercover Christian. There's not really a such thing. Um, and then you go back to church, uh, you know, and sit down in the pew, and it's like, uh-huh, amen. And then you just go back to living your life that, again, you know, what, is there any real evidence that you're a Christian? You know, we need to disciple people to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ and what all that means. And there's there's so much depth into that. Um, chapter 4. I, uh, it's uh, the value of personal accountability. We could talk at length on, on that again, you know, re read the book. Well done. 
uh, growing in the things of God, and and it's it's there. You know, if somebody's listening and they're like, you know, uh, our church is going to start a book group or has one going. You know, I have have at it. That would that would be awesome. Um, they're they're not high. Uh, Amazon's got one like marked down at like four something or whatever. They're they're like ten dollars. It helps me to do other ministerial stuff and and everything. Um, if somebody absolutely could not afford one, even though the lowest is 99 cents, I would just go ahead and hook them up with a book. If they said that I absolutely can't, that I know that that's certainly a real thing in, in some countries or whatnot, I'd just send them a PDF or, or what have you. Um, you know, uh, the sixth chapter, finally, the last one that I had uh, contributed to of this is, uh, or, or no, I'm sorry, the sixth is, is Eve, uh, Hungering After Righteousness. Is the fifth chapter. That's the last one that I wrote, um, and that's that's huge. Have that hunger after righteousness. So after you are a member of the body of Christ, after you have grown in your faith, and and you know, so I mean, you you have substance um, there where you you've grown into it, and then you're being discipled into how to use you know some of that stuff that that you've got, um, you know, and then. You know, you're you're looking at yourself and you're assessing yourself because that's the only way that you're ever going to get in any good or better. When I used to get up and preach, I would say, "Oh, you know," in be in between things all the time, "Oh," and it, it just wasn't good oratory skills and lots of stuff. And my mother would be like, she would count because that's the way my mom is. She's like, "You said ah oh, like 25 times." <laughs> that message or or whatever. Yeah, that's what mothers are for. So I mean, personal accountability. And then, you know, after all of that, we have to have a hunger for righteousness. You know, the Bible tells us that those that hunger after righteousness that they shall be filled. So it's not a bad thing because if you're hungry for it, you're gonna get it. You know, I mean if I'm hungry to sit and write songs, I'm gonna write songs. I'm gonna write books. I'm gonna I'm gonna do mm-hmm. these these things. You know, because I'm determined to do that, which, by the way, I have, I'm just going to say a small handful of books that are like half written, that, that are ministerial, that have just kind of been sitting around. So just, just pray pray about that and for that because there's some good stuff there. They're just not long enough. And, you know, it, it helped with this because um, what Eve started writing at page 50. Uh, so I had 49 pages of, of chapter stuff, and then, you know, from page 50 to um, 89 is, is Eve and uh, and Alan going in and, and making their, their contributions to the book, which I'm so blessed to, to have them aboard and all that. But, I mean, I, it's just like in me, it pains me to put out like a 50-page book. It's like, you know, some – if somebody's going to pay 99 cents for a book, they need to at least be paying, you know, getting a page for every penny or or, or what have you. Um, but, yeah, so I, I hope that it blesses people and, and touches them and felt that it would be, you know, a good tool to go ahead and, and utilize and something that people could learn from. So that's that's why it's out there. Um that was uh that was put out in December of 2022. I've I've written a lot of books. I've written a lot of in fiction that has nothing to do with nothing. That was that's just you know making money and you know and fictional stories and and what have you. The first book that I wrote is super close to my heart. 
the Holy Spirit laid it on my heart while I was pastoring. And that book is Thank God for Women Preachers, and it is outrageously deep. You know, you'll have somebody shaking their head saying, you know, God don't believe in women preachers. So the problem is, isn't that you don't read the Bible, it's that you don't understand it. Because I break it down into great depth. If I was writing you a letter, you would be able to look at that letter years later and think, oh, this is what was going on. This is who won the Super Bowl. This is who the president was. This, the, all this stuff was going on at that time by reading that letter. And when people read things that the Apostle Paul wrote and say, this is a universal instead of a temporary you know, kind of thing to a particular – because it was a letter written to a particular group of people um, at a particular time in history, at a particular place in history, that you see all these other issues that were problematic in there and that were going on, and, and it's it's like a, a failure to, to see that, and not just that, but all of the other stuff that if that absolutely did mean that, then God's schizophrenic or bipolar one, um, because you have a woman that he called to be a prophetess and a judge over Israel in the Old Testament, and somebody says, well, that's the Old Testament. I, I mean, that would only mean that it's more harsh and that it's easier now, that your sons and daughters will prophesy. You read that Junia was uh, – that she was great among the um, the apostles, that there was a woman apostle. You have somebody that's like not nearly as studied as me, I guess. Um, say I, I don't want that to sound some way, but, but I did go into depth when I wrote this book and say, uh, you know, well, that could be a man. So there's this scholar that I would listen to, Dr. Michael Heiser, brilliant, brilliant guy. I had a doctor passed away. He was super kind to me. I would uh, talk to him back and forth and all online some, and he talked about that, not that he got up and made an issue talking about the subject matter, but he said that in that particular time in history, because this is one of these guys that could speak all the Near Eastern languages, he could read them, he could write them and all that he said out of every single piece of Greek literature, we're talking secular, medical, all that, there were absolutely zero men named Junia. So it's it's a relative impossibility <laughs> that it would be a man um, and, and make even more sense that it's paired with Adronicus, that it was a, a man and woman team, a husband and wife team that you have there. You know, when you read about Priscilla and Aquila, and you, uh, the word that's that's used when it's talking about her is, is a word for, like, teaching, you know, but, you know, somebody that's reading the verse where, you know, where a woman shouldn't teach, you know, it, that would make no sense for the Apostle Paul to commend her if he meant it the way that they're trying to say. So when you look and you find mountains of examples that say that can't possibly mean the thing that you say that means, I go into so much depth. What I do is I break down the verses that people take out of context, and I poke holes in them and say this is this is what would be faulty about this. And then I go through the entirety of the Old Testament, and I talk about how God, God Almighty, utilized women and called them um, because that's where our calling comes from. And then I look at women in the New Testament that God had called and used. And then I look at how Jesus dealt with women in ministry, and then I look at how Paul dealt with women in ministry, which, which all of these, by the way, are favorable. The word is egalitarian um, for that. You know, so I believe it like this. I believe that 
when Adam was put into a deep sleep because God said it's not good for man to be alone. And when he, of all things, chose to take one of his ribs, he chose to take one of his ribs because the woman was meant to be beside the man, not behind him, um, that, that we're in this together, that she was his helpmate. You know, his helpmate is actually what it means. And, and honestly, that couldn't be more complimentary because the verbiage that's used there is the same verbiage that's used for the Holy Spirit. Um, you, you know, so, I mean, that that's what it is, that we're in this together it doesn't matter if somebody's a man. It doesn't matter if somebody's a woman. What matters is if you're called of God and if you're living a lifestyle that is holy and upright before the Lord, you know, that you're practicing what you preach and that you're uh, holding true to the message that God has, has put on you. Um, that's that's really it. And being an evangelist and a woman with a heart to share the gospel, believe you and me, I've been told many times, sit down and shut up. And uh, and I've told people, and I do have a boldness. I have a kind, loving heart, but I do have a boldness. And I tell people, unless God, my Father, tells me to sit down and shut up, I'm going to keep being a voice because that's my heart's desire is for people in the world to know about Jesus. And if we're not the ones going out telling people, then we're not doing what we're supposed to do. And um, there's so many outside of the church that don't go to the church. That's why I love outreach ministry. That's where my heart's at you know, in the streets and various places. I mean, we can bring someone to the Lord in the middle of Walmart if we got a willingness and we're not ashamed of the gospel. So I have a heart for the Lord. And that book right there, I think I think that would be a great teaching for a lot of my sisters in Christ. But one thing that really excited me about the book you chose, and I thank God right now and I glorify him in that, my husband has really truly been searching his heart and really working hard to grow deeper in his walk with God and realizing things that he needs to work on. And one of the things he's been praying and really talking about lately is, is he doing it right? And I think that would be a great book for us to get and sit as a husband and wife. And I might even talk to my pastors because we have a smaller congregation, but I think that would be a great book because discipleship is so important, and we are to equip people and prepare them to disciple. You know, we're, we need to have people ready to go forth and share the gospel because many times we're the only Bible people read, and we need to be ready in and out of season. So I'm going to definitely be ordering some of those books, and I think I just love how God works because – like when you were talking about that, I was like, that's exactly what my husband's been talking about. God is timing is perfect. And like, it just, it excites me because of how God works. Amen. Now, now I think we had a little bit of a discussion and I don't want to go through like a big spiel about it. If anybody's interested, absolutely buy it. it it's brand new. I wrote a fiction novel. I've, I've written a bunch of fiction books, most of which are not geared at all towards Christians. There's a lot of people that like all this horror and boogery stuff that like a bunch of things that I had written like back back when. Um, but there's a book that I wrote called Holy Ghost Exorcist. Now, I, I want to be clear. This is not a horror book. Uh, this It would be Southern Gothic is what it would be considered genre-wise. Um, this is the absolute most realistic book that has ever been written within the realm of fiction that details what someone's life is like that's a pastor that's in deliverance ministry. 
So the main character, and by the way, these people are like Sterling <laughs> that, that, that are in, in this. Um, the, the main character, his name is Jackie Noble, and his wife is Penny Noble. And they pastor a small Pentecostal holiness church in Georgia in the year 1972. So, you know, that's, that's a little while ago. Um, but he, he also works by vocational as a, as a shoe salesman because it's like I want to show it what it's really like. So he's a super humble guy, uh, super down to earth, you know. Not, uh, people have weird ideals about preachers, you know, that you only appear at like, you know, weddings and funerals and, and whatever. So, I mean, I, I gave him, you know, just down to earth the, the way that it is. Um, and he has several encounters where he starts casting out devils and getting into deliverance ministry, which is a large uh, part of it. That's not everything. Um, I mean, I don't really go into generational curses or, or, or what have you or all of that in there. I took so many of these experiences from real-life ministries, from real-life exorcisms, from real-life people that are within the book, both people that are like really notable like Bob Larson, um, and people that I personally know that I went ahead and did not name because they don't need more, more like garbage on them and more of a, more of a, a spotlight for people like that. So when I sat down and when I wrote this fiction book, and this is the thing about this Holy Ghost Exorcist again, I wrote this with the intention that I think that a lot of people – put up their defensive walls and dig their heels into the dirt uh, and, and buck up against something when it's a nonfiction book. If I wrote a nonfiction book, you know, just about deliverance ministry, which there's a lot, and I've read a ton of them and, and all, um, they, would, they would be resistant to that. But this is a story. This is a story about a man's life. But I feel that it would open people up more to it and make them receptive to it. And, you know, you have him preaching and everything in it and these things going on that essentially did go on but not you know with the fictitious character and um the opposition that he just like these you know preacher after preacher after preacher after preacher after preacher uh has faced it's not been from a, a coven of witches <laughs> you know it's not been from some voodoo priest it's been from other church people, religious people that have attacked him, just like Jesus Christ. It was the church that attacked him, just like the prophets. It was the church that attacked him. You know, it's the tares amongst the wheat and, and, and what have you, or, or just misguided, you know, at, at, at best case scenario, just that they're wrong. Just like you get it, how dare you be a woman and get up and tell me something, which, which honestly, you know, can both go into not – having a full understanding of scripture or not having, um, I don't know, confidence in, in being a man or, 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 or whatever, um, you know, uh, I, I hope that it ministers to people. I hope that it makes them more receptive of that. I hope that somebody will pick that up that would never darken the door of a church, that would never buy a nonfiction Christian book and think there is help for me, um, and and it's through Jesus Christ. There have been a lot of problems in this world, and there still are, but the answer is still the same. His name is Jesus. Amen. Praise God, and that is the answer. And I, my husband and I had a dear 
brother in Christ that had pastored for years, and he shared a couple of our friends us in ministry and deliverance because that you really got to be anointed and appointed and understand that. But he shared some experiences that he went through when he was uh, praying over people and they had uh, had spirits in them and when they were delivered and what he experienced then. It's, it's pretty crazy some of the stuff he experienced. So many people really tend to forget just because you can't see things with your eyes. But we're, we're not just fighting in our flesh. We're, it's principalities of darkness. And so many people forget what's really going on. And um, I think I want to get that book too because I need – sometimes at night I can't sleep and I think God has things for me to do or that's my quiet time with him. But I need some new reading material, so I'm going to check some of these things out. And I'll have to tell my husband about your new comic book because he loves stuff like that. So um, oh, oh, yeah. I will definitely yeah, – that, that's, that's, that's something else. It, it, it's clean, but it's extremely violent. Um, it is a Zorro in um, like the, the old California, and he is getting people that are abducting Mexican children and trafficking them, and he's hunting them down. And he has a sword, wow. and um, they, they die and they go to hell, <laughs> more or less. He, uh, you know, you that's, know, they're, that's they're, a lot they're, going on in this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it, it is. It is. It's, it's still going on. You know, people want to talk about, hey, slavery's wrong, slavery's wrong. Slavery's still going on today. It's going on under your mm-hmm. nose. Uh, Atlanta, yes, Georgia has huge human trafficking uh, going on there, people being abducted. It goes on in Memphis, Tennessee. It goes on all over the place. I saw this video. I forget if it was on like Reddit or or, uh, or LinkedIn or whatever, um, but I saw this video where these people had this setup, and they were doing an experiment. It's, it was one of those, what would you do? How would people react? And they had this kid walking down the road, and this guy grabs the kid and runs into an alley, and people just keep on walking. Just like nothing's going on. I mean, the, yeah. it, it makes me nuts. It, it, you know, what if, what if that was your kid? What if that was my kid? You know, he's, he's like, you know, gonna be eighteen in January. But, but nonetheless, not always. You know, um, I mean, just, I, I just wouldn't let it go on. You know, um, it, it, it would be rough. <laughs> it, it, that, it just wouldn't go on. You know. Well, I don't care how old my children are. Exactly, exactly. And no matter how old my children are, they're still my babies, and I'm going to fight to protect them with all I am because, you know, there's been places we've visited, and a lot of people want to ignore things that's really going on in this world. And I'm glad you talk about topics a lot of others won't be. But that's important, and that's what one of my sisters in Christ that teaches on here talks about, that I let her teach on things that are true in this world, and a lot of other people won't even let her talk about it. But we need to share the truth. But we've been to places where there's actually signs warning you, you know, um, you know, these areas are known for sex trafficking and, you know, to watch your children. Like I've actually seen things in restaurants and hotels where we stayed at. And one thing I definitely do is uh, I call it my GPS to get through life, but I definitely am always praying and seeking the spirit and watching my surroundings when we do go anywhere. God expects us to be prayed up and to have wisdom in situations and to be prepared because we never know what we're going to face when we are out in this world. I don't want to live in fear because that's God tells us he doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but a peace, love, and a sound mind. 
But I also want to have wisdom in the world that we live in with the evil in this world to be prepared whenever those things come my way. And that's why the word of God is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you said you had a little kid, you know, so I, I'm trying to get into writing some comic books professionally. Is, is just one more ball for me to juggle. I know um, in February I will actually have a book coming out, a comic book um, with Mickey Mouse starring in it because you know that the very first Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse is public domain. So it's called Cat and Mouse, and it stars Felix the Cat and Mickey Mouse. And I have a hodgepodge of characters. Popeye's in it and all kinds of stuff, you know, um, Snuffy Smith. Uh, Betty Boop, you know, yeah, you you may be familiar, <laughs> but but you know all, all all those characters, but yeah, he um he moves to uh, to East Tennessee because he's he's public domain and and he wants to get out of the public eye, and other characters have had the had the same ideal, and it's just a super fun, cute story. I don't know what what's wrong with people that they take these characters that they loved as a kid and that they think it would be amusing to just make some kind of vile thing out of them. So Mickey Mouse acts like Mickey Mouse and Popeye acts like Popeye and so on and, and so forth. But it's, you know, it's some cute stories. And if I make enough money off of it to serialize it, I will. Otherwise, it'll just be like a like a one-shot comic. But um, it's, oh, it's really good. The guy, the guy that does the artwork for it is a children's book artist. So it's, it's, a, it's an easy thing for him to jump over and do. And we had talked about it. And he said he thinks that he would like to transition into comics and I, I told him I said it just feels natural for you to do this because he uh, he draws children's books and he's a phenomenal colorist too it's in full color and, and all that it'll be called cat and mouse number one and it'll probably be out around February the 13th if you just keep an eye out on Amazon uh, cat and then an and sign uh, you know an ampersand the shift in seven that thing that looks like an eight um, and mouse okay. so cat and mouse yeah We'll definitely be looking out for that, and I thank you so much for your time, and be praying about coming on maybe sometime doing some teaching on some of the things you talked about tonight. I always, I would be I always wanted to be digest because you share the truth, and that's so important to me. Um, that's one thing I always, I pray. It's like God shines a light on someone when I know they're supposed to be on there. Like, I know when it's God leading, and that that's how he's always done this, but there's so many topics and things that this world needs to hear and no one wants to share the truth and it would be great to have you come on and teach you're welcome anytime if you have free time um i have open slots all the time so you're welcome on and i greatly greatly appreciate you coming on i'm looking forward to doing some of your songs that's really in my spirit and heart i'm i'm asking god to lead me in the songs i've been listening i thank you for your grace for someone that God gave a heart to worship and to sing that doesn't have the ability to write songs, but you're a blessing to me and others that want to be a voice to let us use your song. So thank you so much. I truly mean that. And um, thank you for your knowledge and your humility and also the truth, sharing the truth. You have a boldness to share the truth, but you don't do it in a way that's condemning. You can tell it's coming for us truly for people to be saved and it's about their salvation because some people when they share the truth they make people feel so condemned they run from God and when you're speaking and you're teaching like you truly just have a humility you have a boldness but it's done in love if if you can understand what I'm saying and I think that's great 
So you're always welcome back on Reaching Out Radio International. And please keep me in your prayers for uh, what God's got on my heart to, to sing and minister through songs. And uh, I also want to thank Denise. You mentioned her earlier. I met you through her and um, singing through Queen City Music. And I thank Denise for that. And she's one of my dear friends. And uh, she's a great artist as well. But thank you so much for your time. And you pretty much, if you just type your name in and you Google it, most of your stuff comes up. It's not too hard to find your stuff, honestly. Like, just put in put in your name. If you want his songs, um, I was listening to Dan Spotify. I've seen you on Apple Music. Um, you're on Pandora, too, I believe. And then on Amazon for your books. Go check him out, brothers and sisters. And he really, truly doesn't ask for things. Like I said, he let me use his song, and he wasn't worried about anything but it being used for glorifying God. And I myself believe in promoting my brothers and sisters when they're truly about the Lord because we we should want to see our brothers and sisters promoted and blessed. And, you know, that's important to me, too, because when someone's given their all for, for the Lord, why shouldn't we give, you know, to them or support them because we're supporting the gospel? That's how I see that when people are truly doing the work for the right reason. So check out... Um, Reverend Benjamin stuff and it had, I want to say it right. Is it Ben? How do you say that? Ben Jam? I, I know how it looks. I want to pronounce it right. How you use it's, it for like your music. It's, it's, ben, it's Ben Jam. So the, the reason for that, uh, first off, what, before we even started as a band, I was, um, I thought it would be a, like a quicker, easier tag as a, um, as a songwriter. Cause I thought that would be easier for strangers that didn't know Benjamin Blankenship to, uh, to remember Ben Jam, you know, two syllables. Um, I had teachers, school teachers. These people, they, they they just didn't know how to spell the name Benjamin. They would say Benjamin or Benjamin or what, whatever. <laughs> um, it's I, and I would say it's Ben Jam in. There's a party going on. <laughs> I like that. So so yeah, B N uh, then asterisk. J A M is is Ben Jam, which by the way, a computer won't even read an. You can find it on Spotify, like, like nobody's business. Um, it's it's on YouTube, uh, all all that. Uh, yeah, you you kind of got to hunt, but yes, absolutely, it's there. Um, you can find things under Reverend Benjamin Blankenship and all that. Those those books that I'm Holy Ghost Exorcist is written under my fiction author name, which again, there's a bunch of things that are not written for like a Christian audience and, and, and what have you in it. They're they're really violent, like Western things and, and, and what whatnot. There's there's a couple that are that are pretty cool. I wrote this one book called um Chronicles of the Velveteen Preacher and it's kind of like a storybook and it's based off of my life. And the way that this book is, is like if Tim Burton and Dr. Seuss get together and wanted to make a, a book, it's that. It's like written in, in like rhyming, Seussical language. So, I mean, it's I've, I've done all kinds of stuff. But, but, yeah, but Holy Ghost Exorcist is that new novel. Those all sound very interesting. I mean, I am going to look into the other one too about the well done i really would like to do a study with my husband for that but would you mind praying us out and again i thank you you're always welcome on god bless you thank you for your time because time you know when people give time that's a beautiful gift too because time is so precious but i'd really appreciate if you praised out tonight lord gracious heavenly father we thank you for this glorious time that we've had to share your light and to spread your message of love 
and of hope and of salvation to this world. We pray, God, that anyone that's listening, that you would help them in their walk, Lord Father, and all the things that they have to go through. Lord, we know that we're not so much protected by the sto- from the storm, but that we are sustained through it in you, that the storm would come and that there would be two houses and that the house that was founded, that was built on the solid rock, was left standing and unshaken. We pray that even in this time that somebody that needs the spirit of your perfect peace over them, that you would reach down your hand right now in the very room, in the very place where they're at, and that you would touch them in their life and minister peace to them. God, we know that if our peace was in our money and our money was gone, our peace would be gone. We know, God, that if our peace was in our health and then we would get a cold, that our peace would be gone. But, Lord, our peace is in you, and neither height nor death, principalities, things present or things to come, can shake you from us. We praise you for your goodness And we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, amen. And I thank everyone that listened in tonight and also those that will listen on demand. And I love the aspect of on demand because some people, if their job hours are various things, that want to listen can come back and listen 365 days a year. This year to be uh, 366 this leap year. <laughs> but anyhow, um, I want to thank everybody, all of our listeners from all over the world. We love you. We appreciate you. And um, just be encouraged and know that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone, that God loves you. Come as you are because Jesus gave his all for everybody. It's not our place to pick and choose. He loved us so much that he chose to lay down his life for us. So why not us give our life to him and surrender our life to him and share his love with this world? And that's what it's about for me in ministering through songs. The same with Brother Benjamin here. Um, I'm so moved in the spirit. I felt God's presence so strong sitting right in my home tonight. I'm so blessed by your ministry. And um, I thank you so much for everybody, as I said, that listens, that shares, and may God bless you in this new year. And know, as long as there's a breath in you, there's hope. The enemy will try to beat you down. He will lie to you and try to convince you that you're a worthless cause. But I serve a Jesus and a God that can change anything, anyone, as long as there's a breath in you, there's hope. Don't wait, as he was saying earlier, don't wait till it's too late and you're in the ground because to do it while you're still here, but I love you all, but no, God loves you more, and don't back down, as my pastors used to say, when God is backing you up, because with God, all things are possible. His power is living, and there's there's truth in his word, and be in his word every day, because in the times we're in, we need it now even more than ever. God bless you all. Have a blessed evening. God bless you, and thank you again for your time. It was truly an honor and a privilege. God bless you. Have a blessed night and the rest of your week, and be safe down there with the weather and in your travels. Thank you again so much. I really, really enjoyed the program tonight. You were really a blessing. I appreciate it. Thank you.